Sandy Barker, president and co-founder of Goldfish Cure Foundation. Welcome back to Rush Podcast. I was excited to launch our first episode of Rush Podcast. Um, it was a glimpse into our family's personal story. Uh, it was a little raw and a little rough, but it gave you a glimpse of why we do what we do and how Gold Rush got started. These Rush Podcasts are going to really give you a view into some amazing heroes that we've met along the way. Some of these heroes are still battling cancer. Some are survivors. Some we're just giving you an update of where they are. And we're also going to give you a glimpse into some of the volunteers who help us do what we do. I am so excited and thrilled to um, introduce you to the first hero that we are highlighting on Rush Podcast, Sage Escalante. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Um, the Escalantes are near and dear to my heart, and I don't know why I'm getting choked up. I love you guys so much. Sage, um, I met their family, um, Kristen, her mom, Dave, her dad, and Sage when um, Sage was first diagnosed. And they've just become such, such a special part of my life, and I'm very blessed to know them. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. You're an inspiration for so many reasons, but I know you're going to be to our viewers as well. Um, I, let's start from the beginning. What was your life like before you even got diagnosed? Um, well, I was in middle school. I had just started sixth grade, and um, I was playing professional club volleyball, and I was riding my bike every day to school. I was very active and um, in a lot of music classes and outside of school doing piano lessons and singing lessons and just overall had a very busy schedule, you know, just yeah. middle school life. Normal so. stuff that kids do when they're, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. sports and activities and, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. So what symptoms, you were diagnosed with a very rare sarcoma yeah. when you were 12. Mm -hmm. What symptoms led to it? And I mean, that's a lot. How, how did you deal with that at such a young age? Well, so I had the first symptoms that I had was major pain in my shoulder blade. I knew something was wrong the minute I felt pain and the pain went on for months and I, we didn't do anything about it because we had just thought, oh, it's from volleyball, mm -hmm. you know, like overextending yeah. maybe or like uh, something with the hitting of the mm -hmm. ball it was sports injury, you know, yeah, yeah. sports injury. And um, it got so painful that I couldn't sleep anymore. And I remember wow. there was one day where it was so bad that I like couldn't take a deep breath anymore. And it was like so painful that it was shooting pain throughout my whole body. I couldn't even like breathe fully. And that's when I was like, I need to go to the doctor. And me saying that as like a 12 year old to my parents being like, we have to go to the doctor right now was huge. And I think my parents got really freaked out when I said that because I literally never gone to the doctor before, like didn't need wow. to, had never gotten my blood drawn, like had never even been to a hospital. And I was getting all these like signals to go to the doctor, like go now. And it was really, really scary. But I think that dealing with it at such a young age is like made me, you know, who I am right now and kind of giving me a pathway to how I want to view life. And so it's kickstarted a lot of things. It's definitely given you empathy. I know you. Mm -hmm. And um, when you go through something like this, you know, you're a different person. Yeah. You're, you're changed. You know, you have a heart, not just for children battling cancer, but for other kids that are facing struggles. Mm -hmm. And and you definitely do. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, so what were your thoughts as you started treatment? I mean, 
that's a lot to go through at the age of 12. And, and also, what advice, now that you've been through it, it's in your rear view mirror, you're past it, what advice would you give other children and teens who are now facing that themselves? First, going through treatment was really unexpected and not, it was, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was super unaware of what chemo was or like what these types of medicine entailed and how I was going to feel and how I was going to look after or like, you know, be after. And, um, you know, the first couple of rounds of chemo are easy on the body. They're not like super intense until you get into it and it's like a, a cycle and, you know, but, um, I was okay the first couple rounds. Um, and I think what helped me through that and what I would give advice to other kids that are experiencing the beginning stages of it is to just be positive mm-hmm. and really not to think about the negative part of it and like thinking about all the issues that could happen or think about all the the problems that could occur. You know, it's it's like my motto when I was in that moment was just focus on the now and what's going on now and try to help yourself and, you know, distract yourself, you know, mm-hmm. do other things and that make you happy. And um, that's what I would say to people. OK, that's incredible advice. That is incredible advice. Actually, you know what? That could really be for anything we face mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. You know, I mean, we all go through hard times, not usually something like this. Yeah. But we all go through hard times. And what you just said is so poignant and inspiring. It really is. I mean, that's amazing. So what all did your treatment entail? I remember you guys were going down to San Diego, which is about an hour and a half each way yep. for your radiation. Mm-hmm. How long was your treatment and what all did it entail? So I got diagnosed in December of 2015 and I had chemo for 11 months straight after that. Every other week I was either inpatient or outpatient getting chemo. And then I had about three rounds of chemo um, and my tumor had shrunk enough that I could get surgery. So then I flow, flew to um, Sloan Kettering in New York and I got my huge surgery that pretty much saved my life. My doctors there were incredible. And um, I lived in New York for a month healing after and t- doing scans, making sure everything was gone. And then when I flew home, I had to do chemo, but I also had to do radiation on top of it. So I was driving down to San Diego, like you said, every day for five days a week for six weeks. Um, wow. And that was that was crazy, too, because my of course, my parents were getting tired of driving me that, you know, all those times. So we made like a little like adventure out of it and we started calling it radiation road trips. And we would have like my friends drive me or like my friend's parents drive me. And then after my treatment, we would go like get lunch or something like we would make it a whole thing. And um, and then I had. After my surgery, I had another 10 rounds of chemo, so I was doing chemo and radiation and more surgeries, just, you know, clean up everything and make sure everything was gone because the cancer that I had was so aggressive and so fast growing that they needed to make sure that everything was not, that everything was gone, that there was nothing left in there. Yeah. Every cell was gone. Mm -hmm. So... As much, I mean, you guys had such a positive attitude and everything. I'm sure there were days that were that were tough. I mean, you can't go through what you went through. And what things cheered you up? What things, what things, if you were having a hard day, what could you do or think about or whatever that would make it easier? I think music definitely plays a huge part because music became 
pretty much what I wanted to do as my job the minute I got sick because I was my I was gifted a ukulele from my grandparents when I got diagnosed and I would bring that every day with me to the hospital and I taught myself how to play it and I remember like the first couple of weeks that I was in the hospital I wrote my very first song on it and it was about how much I hated the hospital like I literally wrote a song about how much I hated being there and it was it was a funny song like it was kind of making fun of everything mm-hmm. and um it made it better you know writing songs about like how horrible my life was but it made it more light and fun like I'm playing it on this little ukulele that's happy yeah. and um, so writing songs would distract me a lot. I started doing that all the time and getting better at it as I did it more. Um, I would listen to music in headphones and kind of just zone out in the hospital room with like, you know, the noise canceling headphones and mm-hmm. just focus on that. I would play cards with my mom or my dad if they were there and I would have friends come visit me mm-hmm. and, um, do little trips and stuff to kind of get away from my home area because it was constant like the minute I had a break we would be doing something you know adventure or like Mm -hmm. experiences so yeah that's awesome you were able to do that because I know sometimes that's challenging you know unfortunately we live somewhere where you can literally be at the beach or the mountains or whatever and you know and no time at all and Mm -hmm. so when I thought about that question what came to mind for me about you was just the positivity you guys kept all your whole family kept the whole time and music those two things and that's kind of what what you just said is, you know, the same type of thing. So even though we met when you were first diagnosed, I feel like your first experience with Gold Rush was at your prodigal delivery. Yes. So tell me about your delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, how did it make you feel? What were your favorite gifts? Tell me yeah. about it. Um, I hadn't heard of it, I think, before I got my pot of gold. And you know, it's a it's a total surprise when you the kids are getting it. And I remember my mom was like, let's just go to Starbucks. And it was totally normal. Like, I didn't think anything of it, obviously, because we would go to Starbucks like every day. So <laughs> we're going there and I could tell something was weird. Like, she's so funny when she tries to keep stuff from me because I just know that there's something off. You so know I why? Was, <laughs> why? Because I, I wasn't done setting up and you were almost there. And so I text her and I'm like, give me oh. five minutes. So she's like driving around the block. <laughs> Oh my! I was like, "What are you doing?" It was it was really funny, but of course I wouldn't have guessed, you know, what was going on. But then, yeah, we get there, and then I saw, um, I think Jenna was there, and like some other volunteers, and I was just, I I knew it was for me because of everybody, and um, yeah, so I was really shocked. I was like, I you didn't expect it at all. Um, I got an electric ukulele, which. You know, I used to play at my venues all the time if I had gigs and um, it was I I used it all the time. Like, that's probably my most favorite thing that I got in it. And um, I got a bunch of recording equipment that I use still and um, kind of just kickstarted a bunch of recording passions that I have for music, which I do way more now. And like I'm recording an album and I have two singles and it's all because I had got those things from you guys to kind of be like if this is what you want to do then you can do it yourself and mm-hmm. not really need help from people and so that helped me a lot with figuring out what I want to do as my job yeah. and uh, in my future and stuff so getting all those gifts because I know there were a ton of them um did it just cheer you up I mean just to know that you're cared about that someone shot for this stuff just for you because mm-hmm. you are so special 
you know, and yeah. not because you have cancer, because that's not no. what a pot of gold's mm-hmm. about. It's it's about letting you know that people care about you. No, yeah. It was very impactful, I think. I still talk about it um, to my friends and stuff and how it affected me and how I wanted to go and do this for other kids, mm-hmm. too, which I've done. And um, it's just I loved how everyone put in so much work. And my mom was the one who was like, she loves music, like get this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And it happened. And it was just it was really incredible. So, you know, what my favorite gift was in there that I got you. <laughs> So I got the I got the um, the list from your mom mm-hmm. and I'm going through it. And then it said vintage queen album. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh, I love her. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> that was I was I'm, I'm still obsessed like, with Queen. She, yeah, still know. obsessed. We both went to the Queen concert yes, the when queen it was. Concert. Yeah. So when oh I saw that, gosh. I'm like, I don't care how much it is. She's getting this. <laughs> yeah, because like, I, that's was my girl. It. I was looking for that record for so long. And then when I saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, that was more than your ukulele, but worth every penny. Of course, it was more than the ukulele, <laughs> but it was so great. That was so great. I just saw that and I'm like, oh, yay. Um, OK, so let's fast forward to your treatment ending. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you celebrate that milestone? I mean, what a oh cool day. Yeah, I remember the the hospital did a lot of stuff for me. They came in my room really early in the morning and they had this big sign that said like happy last chemo on it and all the nurses and staff signed it and they gave us like capes and stuff Aww. because you know heroes and um and I just remember we walked out of that hospital with the capes on and we had like all these pictures of us like walking out and I literally never had to go back to the the cancer floor wow. so it was like a huge moment of okay we're actually leaving like I don't have to do treatment I'm anymore done. like that gives me goosebumps. It was like a huge moment, and I was so excited to leave. I was like, "Give me the discharge papers, like yeah. let's go." Yeah. So we're yeah, out of here. It was really good. Yeah, we're out of here. Um, music is such a huge part of who you are. I feel like it's just your heart and soul. Why is it? What about it makes it so special to you? I think it's because when I was going through everything, that was my one way of expressing everything that was going on how I wanted it to be expressed and interpreted and I think I was just so like I had done music before I had gotten sick but it became more of like a reality of what I could do because I obviously couldn't work out anymore and do my sports which I was doing so I had to figure out like what was going to take over my free time and music it just kind of took over everything And there was a music therapist at the hospital that would literally come in and record with me on my hospital bed. And um, and I still listen to those tracks and they're like Mm. so crazy to listen back to. Um, And just like people would come in and play music with me, like other cancer patients were also musical and I made great connections. And so I think music just became like my whole life, like being in the hospital. I would not go without my ukulele like it came with me everywhere. So, well, and you've used it for so much good. I mean, um, some of the other prodigal deliveries, you know, you would come mm-hmm. with us and these other kids that, you know, they're getting their gifts and they're having a great time. You made their experience so much more fun and so much more memorable by staying and singing songs and mm-hmm. just connecting with them. And, yeah. and it just made it so much more of a joyous occasion. And then our galas, you know, you yeah. performed it the last several and you know 200 people get to enjoy it and Mm -hmm. it's just it's you've you've taken your gift and just really use it you know to to bless other people with Mm -hmm. um with your 
you know, your talents and stuff. Um, okay, so update us on your musical career, where you are now, where you're, you know, where you're planning on going, all that kind of stuff. So I'm a junior in high school right now, but I am um, planning on going to Berkeley College of Music. That is my top school right now, which is in Boston. And um, I'm just, I've been trying so hard to like get everything to get into that school because it would be so awesome if I got a chance to go there. And then um, my second choice right now is Belmont in Tennessee in Nashville. Um, I love country music. And so I think that would be a great place for me to kind of get my way into the music industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Boston's really good too for that too. So I would have no problem either way, you know, being in one of those cities. But and then currently right now I have two singles out on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, YouTube, you know, whatever people have. I just try to get You're it on. on. Yeah. So and that's really exciting, too. You know, it takes a lot of work to yeah. create these songs and produce it. But I have a producer in Santa Monica and he is super good with working with me and listening to what my visions are and doing it when mm-hmm. I say, like, no, we're not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But then does something like way better. And it's it's a really good um collaboration and it's definitely something that I will be doing for a long time well you work so hard at it so people are going to want to follow you Mm -hmm. what's the best way say just music.com and you're on social media too Mm -hmm. so it's everything is under sage escalante music you know instagram facebook there's a website and um I have a tiktok too tiktok is really raving right now um but everything is under sage escalante music so Okay, so everybody can follow her yes. on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you, we're going to wrap it up so we can hear you um, play, but um, your parents have been so supportive before you got sick, during your battle, afterwards with your music career. What would you like to say to them? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they were my biggest supporters, mm-hmm. still are, you know, in everything that I do. They were there for me 100% when I was going through treatment and they didn't show me that they were scared, even though I know that they were mm-hmm. and I know they were freaking out, but they tried to not show me any of their feelings towards it and kind of just helped me get like I wouldn't have been able to do it if they weren't there. Like there's cancer patients, kids that go through it with no parents you know, or that parents that work all the time. And it's that's definitely not what I had. And I'm very fortunate. So I'm very lucky to have them. And even with music right now, they're so supportive. My dad mm-hmm. comes with me to I all see my him rocking gigs. Out. Yeah. He, he literally sets up all my gigs for me. I don't have to do anything. And no matter what it is, like if it's a four hour gig, he stays the whole time and then helps me yeah. like deset everything. Like, and my mom is there filming and taking yeah. pictures and posting. It's just like we all work together and it's all for me. And it's just so like overwhelming, but it's so awesome that I have parents like that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. They're, they're, they're amazing. Um, okay, last question, and then we're gonna hear your song. Okay. What you're you're I feel like there's so many levels to you. There's <laughs> there's the sage, the you know, cancer survivor, there's sage, the um, you know, the musician. There's so many different aspects of you. What do you want people to know about you? Oh my gosh. I feel like I'm kind of like a bunch of everything. You're a chameleon. Like I I'm just like I I love people, I love friends and family and I love doing crazy stuff like going on adventures and like um I obviously love jamming with random people if there's musicians like I saw this band playing at Strands Beach the other day and I was like can I just sing with you and I did and I literally just sang like with this random band 
and it was so much fun. And um, like I love dogs, I love animals. We rescue like all these different animals, yeah. and um, I love being outside and doing um, like biking yeah. or you know hikes and all these other stuff. So and traveling, love traveling. Um, you really love enjoying life. Yeah, I'm I'm literally just living my life because I couldn't for a year, yeah, yeah. and so I'm getting everything back and doing things that I wanted to do and realized that I need to do it, yeah. you know? And you can. Life is short, so yep. just go for it. So what song are you going to play for us? So I'm going to play Valerie by Amy Winehouse. Um, Amy Winehouse is one of my biggest inspirations, and so I play this song at my gigs, like, all the time. And um, it's definitely, like, a crowd favorite, so it's Yay! a good one. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I go out by myself and I look across the water And I think of all the things what you're doing in my head I paint a picture Since I come home, well my body's been a mess I miss your ginger hair and the way you like to dress Won't you come on over? Stop making a fool out of me amazing um i wish we had time to do a lot more songs but we don't so we're out of time um we have a lot more podcasts planned we hope you'll join us for those 
Um, please go go by GoRescure.org to see what we're doing for the child of cancer community, heroes, and families. Um, thank you so much. Thanks I so love you. I'm so glad you were here. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And thank you all for tuning in. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.